Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Do you ever feel frustrated? Well, your dog does. Frustration occurs when an animal is interrupted in reaching their goals. Unfortunately, this occurs all too often in the modern world when a dog's goals do not align with those of their human companion. This can be a source of distress for both you and your dog, but it can also lead to the development of problem behaviors and can damage the relationship that you have with your dog. But we have answers for you. Join us for a two-day in-person seminar October 5th and 6th with instruction by Daniel Shaw. Daniel Shaw is an animal behaviorist with a background in animal behavior, psychology, and neuroscience. He will be talking about what frustration is and how it can be identified, the difficulty of conventional approaches in resolving frustration, what influences the value of rewards, as well as supporting frustrated dogs and building frustration tolerance. You can buy early bird tickets now until August the 5th, and be sure that you join us for our pre-seminar social Friday evening where you can meet Daniel and the Dog Speak team. We look forward to seeing you October 5th and 6th in Nashville, Tennessee for the Neuroscience of Resolving Frustration in Dogs seminar. Before we begin this episode, we want to let our listeners know that this episode will discuss trauma and abuse. <music> Welcome back, Dog Speak Geeks, to part two of our trauma series. Go ahead, Britt. Which is you're going to want to say it. Which is sort of a train wreck. No, it's not a train wreck. But <laughs> you wanted to say I said P A G last time, and I wanted to say periaqueductal See, gray. That, that's amazing. Peri aqueductal. Periaqueductal. Ductal. Ductal. Gray. Gray. I couldn't, I was, I tried so hard. I was like, you know what? Forget the it. The central. I'm just doing PAG. <laughs> it's known as the central gray, the middle brain. <laughs> the threat detection part of the brain. Which is where serotonin is and pain is detected. And that's just a hint of what we're going to be getting into. Are we getting into that or did we already surpass no, that? No, 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 no. It gets, this gets so much Listen, deeper. Listen, I did not get enough like details before I came into this I, and then you're like hey this is what we're talking about and I'm like now I gotta go research it myself well I know but then you'll make it too complicated because you get like really nerdy <sighs> I'm trying to keep it as simple for people as possible because this is a lot and I hope that you guys took care of yourselves last week for sure um and I hope that you've kind of started thinking things a little differently maybe you listened to the episode multiple times and I realized that episode actually wasn't that hard for me emotionally this one I think because this one is initially was supposed to be a part one, part of part one. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. That's what are. happens. But it, it's going to be a little bit more, this is going to be a little more emotional for well, me and not because of my trauma, but because I know how dogs feel emotionally. So yeah. when I see things, I, my heart breaks. This is going to affect dog parents a little bit more. I think so. Um, and it's people probably also going to affect those that have ever used aversive techniques or sent their dogs off to board and train and that are now becoming dog speak geeks or anything in the past. Just know that anything I say, I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to shame anyone. Right. 
I just want you to know though that I have to talk about this. I have to talk about what aversive training does to the dog. Um, well, you and I have both put pinch collars on dogs before. Let's yes, be real. We let's, have. Let's Absolutely, not, I have. Let's not fuck around. No, here. I totally like, have. I'll, I've also put a shot collar on a dog. Um, Jake but, had a Jake, my sweet Jake. Until I came along. I, like, once I came along, I had I'm a pinch take that collar, off of right? He yeah. never, well, he never had one after that. Not like, I, not like I used never it on had him, one. right? Like yeah. I didn't have to use it on him, but it was on him. I used, I used. That's what I used in my training in the beginning instead of choke chains because oh, the prong didn't choke them. Oh, and it, it represents just, the mother's it bite. bite, right? So ah. I fell into that trap, and we all, luckily, we all did. Luckily, I was like, nope, we all did. This is not fun for me. Yeah, it's not what I'm into. And it's like we talked about the other day. I was like, look, Brett, when you're scheduling me for things. I don't really do a lot of dog training anymore. I mm-hmm. don't. I enjoy training dogs, but it's not my specialty, right? We have in our group, my specialty is behavior, brain, mm-hmm. trauma. Like I'm like I told a, one of the, a new client the other day, I said, I'm your dog's therapist. And she's like, good, because every time I've hired a trainer, I'm like, I don't need a trainer. I need a therapist. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm your dog's therapist, right? Gray is a great dog trainer. He's also starting to learn with, about behavior. But he's great it, with interaction too. Oh, absolutely. Then we have um, Amanda is, or her specialty is service dogs and therapy dogs. And puppies. And puppies. Alicia is going to be our group classes, cooperative care, and hopefully puppies. And also puppies. And also puppies. She's right? great with puppies So too, we but... all have our specialty. For me, this is where I thrive. Yeah. I love working with dogs like this because I do feel like I'm I'm truly making a difference in their mental health, mm-hmm. emotional health. Um not just, oh look, I can make your dog walk on a leash or I can have your dog walking with me off leash. And that's not to no say time. that that's less than. No, it's not. That's not to say that absolutely not. what the rest of our team does is less than And this what is why Brittany's on do. here. It's <laughs> to clarify my <laughs> shit. <laughs> right. I mean, it's very important they are very into enrichment and oh i mean our, our team is phenomenal yeah I, uh, and and we got a really beautiful email from andrea and dixie mm-hmm. the other day about how our team has always gone above and beyond and and i will say that that is mostly not me our team because mm-hmm. our team has worked with them more than i have i'm just so proud of our team mm-hmm. uh, we have such a great team and, um, but, but this stuff, this right here is my meat and potatoes. Right. That's not to say that if your dog needs manners, that's oh, less than. No, it definitely not. Your, it just, it's a different dog. specialty. Right. But exactly. at the same time, if you have a dog that has problems that we're going to be talking about, like trauma, don't send them off to board and train because your neighbor did it. And now their dog is perfect in your eyes. Their dog's not perfect. Their dog, dog I guarantee down. their dog's not perfect. Their dog shut down. Exactly. Unless their dog can be out and about with no leash, no collar, and I'm talking completely naked and be responsive, then you can talk to me. Okay. I don't think that's fair, though. If we're talking about shutdown mode, we are we are doing a trauma episode here. Yes. You're right. I, I was could... just thinking, I'm thinking about like walking. I think I'm just thinking more like walking out in public or, or in I'm a busy thinking area, about I guess. a human who has had repeated trauma and is conditioned even if they're 
captive, their abuser is not any, say they are in prison. I see where you just went. They died. Say that person is no longer in the picture. Ex-husband, ex-wife, whomever it is, no longer in the picture, no longer a threat, but they still out in public acting their best self. Because they're suppressed. But the question is, are they acting their best self because yes. that's the manners? Or is it because of the trauma? Yes. Right? So that's why we have to get to the nuts that's and bolts That's what I'm saying. So you can't say to someone, let me see your dog without a shot collar or a prong collar. And let's see how if they really have behavioral issues or not. That dog might be shut down. I see what you're saying. It might be a year later and they still don't have the aversives. And they're still going to act right. I, I'm saying this with air quotes, act right. Yeah. Because. They look so obedient, but they're really not because they're really shut down. Their captor, I'm just going to, I'm just going to call it what it is. Their captor is not there. But they don't know that. Because like we talked about in the last episode, they are hypervigilant and they're also sort of shut down. All right, so that just gets back into the like the nuts and bolts of the brain. So. Very nice. Good job. Good job. Well, so everybody's like, sounds like you did good research to me. So No, I didn't. I'm just calling you out. Oh, I appreciate you, that. You're just... No, you, you're right. You're going to shut some of her... Which I, you should do. You should shut aversive training down because it causes it these does. problems. It causes so many problems. I can't even tell you guys how many clients I get on a monthly basis that have had aversive training done. And now they're coming to me because their dog is dealing with trauma. The thing is, there are so many people who think that because like I've taken the shot collar off and I've taken the prong collar off and my dog is still acting great. Well, in that case, the dog may actually have learned appropriately from the aversive techniques. It's when people say, the dog wears the collar, but I don't ever have to even carry the remote. That's when we know they're more in a shutdown. Because aversive training does work. But it's you should only have to use it five or six times. If I'm going to teach my dog to not chase a car and I'm going to use a shock collar, I should only have to shock him five or six times for it to work. If I have to continually shock him or keep it on him then the training has not worked. But we're talking about trauma. Now it's just fear and trauma that's creating the result that they want. It's not actually teaching the dog, which is two different big things. We're talking about trauma. And do you not think that like someone who's experienced trauma hasn't learned something? Talking about the the neuro pathways and all all of that. No, absolutely. I think to, to say take all of this off your dog and see how they act in public is not necessarily an accurate representation of where that dog is. You're right. Because it's a shutdown because of a, I'm not going to do anything because I have a fear of repercussions, even though I'm not feeling. No reaction doesn't equal <laughs> comfort. Hey, did you hear about that King that was 12 inches tall? Go fuck yourself. He went, look, he, it was, it's sad because he was a horrible leader, but an amazing ruler. Listen, all I'm saying is y- you can't make this black and white. You're right. You're right. 
what we can say is do not use aversive techniques in any because situation. Like, I mean, we can only one in a million we is there a reason to use aversive. <laughs> and I'm going off of when I did the chicken camp with Mary and Breland Bailey and Bob Bailey, they trained military animals and they trained military dogs um, to detect bombs. Right. And, um, they literally, that's a life or death mm-hmm. thing you have to train. Literally, they used aversive trainings less than half a dozen times in their entire career of the hundreds of thousands of animals that they've worked with. And they were told that that couldn't be done. And they, they absolutely. And that's why you get a lot of. Because like, I got real nerdy when, because, okay, by the way, Nikki is writing a book. <laughs> oh, yeah, I am. I'm editing. Oh, okay. And so, <laughs> so you, you mentioned them and I was like, I don't know much about this. So I went down the rabbit hole. I was like, damn. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So no, they are, they were totally. Oh yeah. They were totally told that you couldn't do that. And that's why a lot of like, when you get people that are like, oh, I train Schutzen or I train police dogs and these hard dogs, you have to use a versus. Yeah. No, I'm sorry, bully. That just tells me you don't know what the hell you're doing. Because you can train a dog to do anything if they have what it takes without creating fear in the dog. They're on a time limit. And it doesn't matter. That's what I'm saying. Because at that point, at some point, it's going to fail. That's when you get some people killed. But anyway, that's your note. That we could get (laughs) so fucking deep in that. Let's just, let's, yeah. That's not even what we're talking about. Well, let's get into the stress versus trauma. All right. So, when we talk stress, stress means something that, it's significant. It's happening, and it triggers the release of chemicals into your brain and body. Right? I but remember that's just this stress. from seventh and eighth grade. Do you really? Yeah, from yeah. That's amazing. Seventh, actually, it was seventh grade science. I remember this. Okay, that's amazing. Yep. I love that. Um, yeah. So I mean, stress isn't necessarily bad. Uh, no, there's good stress and there's bad stress. It just means something's happening. It's how your body interprets it. Yep. Interpret it. Interpret. It's innate. It. Right. Yeah. So trauma. Right. So with trauma, you have chemicals being released as well, but you're going to have cortisol and adrenaline. Right. And they have it. Well, and you're going to have it in the stress, too. But the, but in trauma, your cortisol and your adrenaline have a direct impact on the brain function. It can reduce the hippocampus functions and increase the amygdala uh, function. So, you know, with the hippocampus, right, it's all about memory. Oh, OK. I'm glad oh. You, you know that. Oh, yeah. So, OK. Look, sorry, I'm, look, I'm looking would, up the PAG. Look, I was in a science <laughs> class the other day and the professor said, hey, has anyone heard of Pavlov? And I raised my hand and said, it rings a bell. Jesus and nobody laughed. Stop. I'm just too smart for that class. So I'm just going to say that. Get off of Instagram and TikTok. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So when you have trauma, it's going to shut down the hippocampus. Um, which which is, is responsible which, for memory. Okay. So right. So it's going to disrupt the integration integration of memories. This yep. is where I said I was going to slow down because these are some big words that I get talking really fast. I get very passionate and I get talking fast. So I'm I'm trying to do better, Simmer guys. Down. All right. So let's talk about the different kind of sections here. Um, the amygdala, mm-hmm. which people hear of, right? That's the one you're like, how do you say that? I can't say the 
amygdala thing. The amygdala activates uh, basically to get the dog away from something that's scary. So now we're going to get more into the like specifically dog brain. Okay. Right. So it activates so the dog can get away from a perceived or real threat. Right. Because again, the threat's not based on what we believe. It's what the dog believes, the individual. Mm -hmm. So a plastic bag may not look like a threat to us, but for some dogs, that could be a real threat for them. Right. Right. Um, again, it's an individual thing. They can have difficulty feeling safe, which we know how important that is. They have a difficulty calming down. Um, and they have a difficult time sleeping. Mm-hmm. So I think you're going to start getting into a little, few little things that you're going to kind of hit home with. As well as some understanding of Myers, because we do deal with Myers and his trauma. Even though we don't know what the specifics are, we do know that he has dealt with some trauma and I, and I think that is an important point to make you don't have to know what the specifics are Mm-mm. you don't have to know that so we hear a lot like when I get the broom out my dog runs away he must have been hit, hit by, by one. so first of all Isabella runs every time we get the broom out Myers attacked it today I can tell you in that a she's way. never <laughs> been hit by a broom no she hasn't and he loves oh the my vacuum god I start cleaner. sweeping and he's like yay oh he loves the vacuum cleaner because well I but I made a big deal about it no we've always made it positive for him and fun well yeah. for him because we knew better yes and we did better the more we learn the better we do and we didn't do that with Isabella nope we're just like because we, all is. Isabella did was watch uh, Diane attack it. Yeah. And we would let Diane attack it because it was her. She liked. She enjoyed it. I don't know. Well, you didn't enjoy it, but I laughed. I don't think she enjoyed it. And now it. looking back, I've learned more. She was afraid of it. I'm learning more about the internal emotions and how the brain is affected. And how So that I'm, I'm looking at external behavior differently right. because of that. Right. So, yeah. I, I see what you're saying. So anyway, yeah. yeah. So that all that to say, just because your dog reacts to a certain situation or certain trigger a certain way, like in a, they have an outburst, doesn't necessarily mean that. They've ever been abused. Like if they're scared of, of a tall man wearing a hat and a beard, doesn't mean they've ever been abused by a tall man in a hat and a beard. I mean, they it's could, just, they could have, they absolutely. They could have been. But it's just an unfamiliar there's something Situation. about it. Could be a smell. Could be a smell. Could be a movement. Myers could... hates the smell of smoke. Exactly. And and it's funny because I didn't realize that for a little bit. And then I remember when he was younger, your mother came over to let him out. And mm-hmm. this was the second time she had met him. The first time he adored her. Mm-hmm. Second time she came over and she texted us and she was freaked out because he was freaked out. Mm-hmm. Your mother's a smoker. And she was sitting on the porch Smoking a cigarette, and he freaked out. And he wouldn't come to her. Yep. Yeah. So, again, you know, I don't know what happened. My assumption is he could not find his mother. He was hungry, and there was maybe something burning in the environment because the only really senses he had would be touch, um, smell. smell, and hearing. He had no eyes. Right. He has eyes. He couldn't see. They they weren't open yet. So, again, I can, 
I can think about maybe and I can maybe come up with stories, but does it change my pathway forward? No. I'm still going to work on things. Of course, I'm going to note he's nervous with this. He's nervous with that. He's mm-hmm. he's getting better when he'll stay outside with the fire pit. He'll come. He'll stay in the living room and the gas fireplace is on. Our he's, neighbors had a fire going yesterday. He, he was, was okay. outside Excellent. all right. day with me. Yeah. Like, he was fine. So, he's getting better, but we recognize that before. And we also don't force it. No, I'm not going to pick him up and make him go sit with me by the fire because I'm going to desensitize him. That's called flooding and that's cruel. So, let's not do that. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. We so also don't do that with humans. We don't do that with humans either. Cool. Exactly. Um, so the frontal lobe um, is also, we talked, you know, affected, which basically blocks the communication. Mm-hmm. Right. So they have a difficult time concentrating, which is that lack of focus that you see. They're like, whoa, they see another dog. They can't, they don't even hear me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a difficult time learning because they can't focus. Are we thinking about like, some kids maybe or some other people that we know, right? Um, they have a hard time making decisions, right? That decision part of the brain is just really affected um, that they don't know exactly what to do because they're, the, the brain is taking, it, it's taking kind of some leadership roles in some other places, right, of reactivity. Uh, the hippocampus distorts the memory and ability to store and recall from memory. So it doesn't matter how well your dog knows to come and touch your hand to get them out of a situation. If you've passed that threshold, they can't come and touch. They're not choosing to not come and touch. They literally have no idea what you're asking. Mm -hmm. And I think that is so important that people understand this, right? Do they think that, that I give them this tool of teaching like a touch? It's just pushing a button and a robot does it. No, if you go too long, the dog cannot, cannot respond to it. In order to use that command, you have to recognize that your dog is in a place where they are escalating. Like it's like they're teetering on the edge. And you have to be the manager and say, touch. Yeah, this is what I need you to, to do right now. To get them out of it. Yep. You are, you are their guardian you are their therapist, like you are their person. Upper management tour guide. You, you know. are saying, I recognize you're about to go over the edge. I need you to come here and do this. Yes. To and try to break it and to get you, to get your brain to not jump into that. To break this like escalation. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because when you're dealing with like the hippocampus, the communications to the thinking brain's interrupted. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so it's all reactivity. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what skills you've taught, no matter how many emergency skills we can teach with reactivity, if you don't do it at the right time, it's not going to work. Right. And th- I think this is where this is where a lot of people go from doing positive training to aversive mm-hmm. because their timing is off to where they don't think that what they're being taught with positive reinforcement of doing things like emergency U-turns, emergency front, emergency behind, um, magnet techniques, check-ins, touch, um, scatter and pattern games. They think that those don't work because their timing is off because they wait until the dog has already exploded mm-hmm. and you can't do that. And so for them, they're like, oh, this doesn't work. So I'm going to go to an aversive trainer where it doesn't matter if your timing is good or not. The dog just learns to shut down, which makes it look like the dog is well-trained. And that is mm-hmm. that just came to me. Right now, as we were thinking about it. 
so you have to you have to improve your skills and there and there are some people who are not very good at it which is why we are here to help you this is so funny because you know i'm not good at it no like, you're not like, great i'm not fancy. i think that's why a lot of people love you on here because you're not a great trainer and they feel like you're them no i'm not fantastic at it um but you understand so isabella like was reactive we could call her a reactive dog at one point I was going to call her a holler monkey, but okay. She has not been in most situations that we've been in recently. And what I've just realized when you said this is I have been ahead. I've been like two steps ahead. Like proactive of instead I, of reactive? I've been, pro- I've been proactive. Ooh! Which is my favorite word, which be proactive, I, baby. Which I recognize is not part of my nature. No, it's not. Because as we've talked about in past episodes. And I'm sure we'll talk more about it. But also it has helped me and I recognize that I'm growing and I'm learning and oh hey, I have a therapist. Like I <laughs> <laughs> Which we all need one. Every my therapist needs a therapist. Has has a therapist. Like that's not therapist weird. Therapist should have a therapist. That's not weird. So what I'm saying, though, is like I recognize that Isabella is doing better because I'm more aware, not in a um, like hyperactive state of mind, which I was like when we'd be hiking, I'd be like looking all around me like what's coming up next? Now I'm just we're walking. I'm like, oh, hey. There's something coming. All right, here's what we're going to do. But, you, know, you took I'm, control. Yeah, I'm like, here's here's what we're doing right here in this situation. And at first, I mean, it took time because mm-hmm. she was like, nope, this is scary. She didn't trust you I to actually like have the skills right, cause to I was, take the reins. I was either late yep. or, and even if I miss something now, she's like, hey, what are we doing with this? Yeah, she's looking at you like, you're <laughs> supposed to tell me what we're doing. We had... So we were on the greenway yesterday walking. There were bikes. There were runners. I mean, there were strollers. There were kids. There were all these things. And every time somebody would come, like, towards us, she'd look at me. And I'm like, oh, okay, yep. Hey, good girl. You know, you're doing great. Let's let's get off the greenway to give these people some room. Like, they're coming to our left. Did you right? do a curve? We did. Beautiful. We, we did a lot of curves. She even saw a squirrel. Oh, that startled her a little bit, but she didn't bark at it. She didn't. She didn't lunge at it. She didn't lunge at it. What? She was Is like, she sick. She. I, I almost was like, I need. <laughs> We're to taking her. you to the vet. She in the ER. You didn't. There's something wrong with you. You didn't lunge at the squirrel. She did not. Not that your training is paying off. She actually just sat there and watched it. And I was like, okay, this is probably not going to happen again. But it happened yesterday, and I was like, I'm going to take advantage of it. She's in a mindset where she's sort of chill, like. Oh, you just hit the nail right there. Let's, She's in a mindset to where she can actually she can learn take and process. In. Yep. Yeah. Boom. And so there were bikes coming mm. at us, and I'm get, I'm treating her, and then I saw her tail at one point go in like under, and I was like, let's turn around. Like we've, hit, we've with the squirrel, her tail went under. No, 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 no. This was past the squirrel. Oh, okay, my bad. This was past. So the squirrel. I was listening to that. I was wondering if that four wheeler was going to come by or not, and that's where my brain just oh, went. Sorry. If I should change, if I should close the window or not. No, no, no. Sorry. We got to a point on the greenway. She's been on this greenway before, um, near the point where she saw her first deer, and her tail tucked, 
and she sort of like stopped and I'm like walk in walk in and she just sort of like planted herself I was like there's nothing around I was like cool cool let's turn around let's just turn around let's go back it's fine as soon as I turned around tail went back up she started walking with me again we had bikes coming past us we had joggers she was fine she's getting her treats she's like yeah bitch I'm great and I think that's the thing. I was like, all right. I pushed her just enough. I recognized that there was a trigger. That squirrel, she was good with the trigger. And I sort of like went with it. I rewarded her. Like, this is a good thing. You're doing great. And then as soon as I noticed she was not okay anymore, we turned around and we came back. And we only got a mile and a half in. And bless her, like, we got to lose 10 pounds. But... It doesn't matter. Like, that was all that mattered. She was like, I'm done with this. And mama, like, she looked at me. She's like, mama, I'm done with this. I'm like, cool, cool. We're going back. And on the way back, we had no issues. Tail went back up. I don't know what, I don't know what the trigger was that made her scared. Didn't matter. Didn't care. We went back. And she was great the whole way back. My heart right now is like being like just building. <laughs> like it, the wrench. <laughs> it's just like, you know, like, yeah, I mean, this is, yes. I know people are like, well, duh, she's married to you. I don't train you. No, not duh. I don't, I don't go, <laughs> I don't go with you to do these things. You go and do this on your own. But the fact that you sat there and just said that, and and I'm going to tell you what point really got me. And this is what I want more people to hear. Isabella stopped and said, I can't. And instead of saying, yes, you can, let's go, because I need to walk more, you said, cool, cool, we'll just turn around. The amount of trust that you built in that secure attachment and the amount of safety that you created with her and you, you can't, you can't put a price on that. And we're both tearing up right now. She's about to start crying. We're both about to tear up right now because I don't think people understand the importance of that connectivity. And yes, we talk about communication. I think communication is huge. I don't. And of course, it's funny because even in in therapy, I talk about the most important thing to me is communication. I need people to communicate with me. And so for me, and I'm realizing that communication is huge because of what I do for a living. But knowing that you have that partner that creates that safety net, that's like you can attach to and be like, no matter what I'm going through, if I just attach to this person, then I'm good to go. And you created that in that moment, you either built upon, or if you had not had it, which I think you did, Mm -hmm. but you could build on it or you can start creating it right in that moment. Because I want people to know that if you don't have that right now, you can still create it. Oh, for sure. You can still create that. We didn't have it for a couple of years. Well, because the first year of her life, you were dealing with a lot of migraines. Mm -hmm. So you didn't have, even though she was your dog... There wasn't a lot of like 
real attachment right. there, right? Gray would come and get her. I didn't have time to do a lot Which with her. Which is why she still loses her shit with Gray. Gray. Oh my gosh, she loves Gray. I was dealing with two, you know, one dog with cancer, one older dog, yeah. our cats, work. It was just a lot. And so she was kind of left to learn from the other dogs and, and so forth. But I just think that, that that right there is just such a beautiful story to me. And I think just other people need to understand that if you can if you can read your dog and understand your dog and be your dog's truly your dog's best friend and partner in crime it's just there's you can't put a price on it and honestly i'm not even sure if there's an adjective to describe it i mean the thing is you can communicate all day long there are books on communication there are videos on communication. We have a fabulous one. We do. And I'm and I'm not going to discredit the importance of communication. But there is something to say about being seen. That one right. Okay, yeah. What you just said there. I see where, I see where you're going. And like even you when you say I need communication. I yes. think what you're actually saying is and tell me if I'm wrong. But I think what you're actually saying is, I need to be seen. I need to be important. I need to be a priority. Like, I need to be here. <laughs> we need to be on the same. Like, I can communicate with people all day long. You, you got communication classes. Businesses do communication sessions. I have to go through communication shit with my job, right? Like you, that is true. You, yeah, you're you, right. You have to learn communication because it's the foundation. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's foundation. important. Yes. It's absolutely important. I'm not discrediting it. Yeah. The thing, though, to building a relationship is being heard or being seen, and I think that's what you're asking for, and that's also what dogs. They obviously cannot. They can't look at you. Yeah, they can't right? say, like, "Hey, mom, I'm really scared. I don't want to go any farther. Can we please go they back to the car?" They need you to know them. Yes, they need to be known. But also think about like children and toddlers. Exactly. They throw hissy fits because they don't know how to communicate that I'm really tired. I am overwhelmed in this environment, and I just want to go home to my safe bed. Yeah. Right. And we're just like, oh, terrible twos. Terrible twos. Jesus. Oh, uh, okay. well, he hasn't had a nap. Well, have you thought about that? Not only has he not had a nap, but maybe this environment's just too much. It's too, yeah. Right. And I, t- I think that's what's really it's changed with me raising Myers, where my other Roddies, my other Roddies, he's not a Roddie. <laughs> he oh is. Oh, my God. He is he's 3.8%. Listen to him. He's a Roddie. Yeah. No, my Roddies <laughs> never barked this much. Um, yeah, they did. <laughs> no, they didn't. No, Dan only did it because of Jake. Until Jake got Don't so old, he couldn't. Dear he couldn't do anything. But no, I, I totally no. Yeah, I see what you're saying, and I lost my track, so I'm going to go on to the next. So kind sorry, of I didn't mean because, to get so deep no, into but that. I, think that, that I was, just, that. I think that was really good because I have, for me, communication is something I really hold on to. But you're right, there's more to it. Communication is the foundation, but if you don't have that, I hear you, I see you, mm-hmm. I respond to you. But with communication, you know, I tell people with communication, there there are three R's to it, right? You got to read what that dog is saying to you Mm -hmm. or that person, right? 
you need to respect it, which means that you don't get to judge how they're feeling, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's not your job to guess why they're feeling the way they're feeling. But you read it, you respect it, and then you respond to it appropriately. And for many dogs, that response is, give me space. Mm-hmm. I need space. Or I need to turn around, which is I need space, right? To, from whatever it is that you may or may not notice. And so I think it's really important that that we have that foundation and then we learn to, and I think that we're kind of saying the same thing. Respect would be, I hear you, I see you, mm-hmm. and now I'm going to respond appropriately. In a, so, in a way that is respectful to you. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, that, great. That, I, th- I think that was a great. Sorry, little, that was totally off No, topic, I think that was but... a really great way to really understand that. Um, you know, when we continue on with trauma, trauma and memory I mean, you know, when we think about memory, obviously, if we didn't have memory, I'm not sure if trauma would be a thing. But again, not a neuroscientist. Don't. I'm just from a human thinking Mm -hmm. about this, right? But trauma and memory, trauma does affect every kind of memory. We've already talked about kind of short-term memory um, that it will affect. But here's the biggest thing, guys. Trauma actually will affect disrupt semantic memory and semantic is relating to language yep right so again your dog may know a certain cue command but they literally do not understand what you're asking in that moment of trauma and you're nodding your head so what you got there Oh, I, I, I got a lot, but also like semantic memory. <laughs> like, it's going to, it's also going to take me a minute to like, that's cool. Put that together. No, that, well, that's good. I mean, I've, I haven't thought about memory and trauma, but that makes sense. I mean, people talk about rep- repressed memories and is that a thing or not? And, and it is. Abso- absolutely. I totally think it is. I mean, I do, whether that's controversial or not. I don't know. But no, I, 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 I with mean, my I, study, I truly believe it is. But again, not a scientist. I mean, I, I feel like it's my opinion. Dissociation. Mm-hmm. Um, your brain sort of like filters things out and compartmentalizes things in ways we don't even understand at this point. Well, and we're really going to get into that when we talk about kind of the levels. Right. That dogs can go through with their brain. Imagine what they a go dog. through and what that affects. I'm not saying dogs are stupid, no. obviously. I'm just, or, or they're simple. Um, but our brains are absolutely much more evolved and, you know, that sort of thing. And, and we're still figuring it out. Absolutely. We're supposed to be the greater species, but we're still figuring Jeez. things out. So, like, you I'm know, not figuring anything out. We need to start. And that's what I don't understand <laughs> is like, we are the greater species and we're still trying to figure out how to deal with our trauma. But yet we expect our dogs to fucking get over reactivity in like fucking four sessions. That was six weeks. <laughs> or let me send my dog off to be trained for two weeks because he's being reactive. But my problem I've had for 30 years. And let me get a therapist and I've been paying them $200 a week for yeah, like I've already been here for four sessions. I have spent eight hundred dollars. You should have fixed you my trauma. You should have fixed me back off, y'all. No, Come that's on. not how it works. That's Come on, works. guys. This is what I'm talking about. We have to be more empathetic, and we have to be more patient and respectful of what these guys are going through. 
Um, and that's the thing too, is we can consciously do the work. Yes. So yes, our sessions, we may have less sessions. And I'm not doing well, this. Well, it's because, yeah, because we I'm go not, home with the memory and we, we know kind of how to go through it. But I'm not saying this to like sell more sessions to no. clients, right? I'm saying, yes, we can go to our therapist and we have homework to do and we do this and blah, blah, blah. Thing is like, you've got this dog. He doesn't necessarily understand your language. You've got to change everything. You've got to start from the beginning. Like secure you've got to erase things i mean i can't you're imagine. right erasing is is going to be a big part of it how long that takes for a dog and for us it ta- it can take years absolutely i mean how long have i been with my therapist yeah well uh, five years five. if mine was still here i'd probably still be with her but i mean it is true we have to stop thinking that dogs are some special creature like that we can like just snap our fingers yeah. and be like oh We've done three sessions. It's been six weeks. This dog should be over trauma. It's not, okay, we're going to go put a shock collar on him because we need him to stop barking out the window right now. When I get potential clients or clients that are like wanting to send their dogs off for training and for, and I know that the dog is going to be, you know, having a shock collar put on, I absolutely, I can't sleep. I just, my heart breaks because these dogs have no choice and we're saying your trauma is an inconvenience to me so i'm going to send you off somewhere to suppress this behavior to make me feel better that's exactly it and i absolutely and i don't blame the humans because they don't know because they're getting a lot of bullshit advertisement oh for sure but i want this is why you guys please I want you to make these episodes go viral. Everyone needs to hear this. And I'm not the only one that talks about it. I have learned from some of the greatest. You guys, we've got to get people to understand that 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 dogs have this emotion and these feelings and these thoughts. And, and it's our job to make sure that they are put in a place that they can feel safe. And they that they learn the skills to deal with this. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we go back, because I have to kind of keep going back with trauma and memory, um, because we will get off on several things and I, and I guess this is why it's probably going to end up with four. I told you it's it's fine Four, but that's all right. Four parts. Um, this is deep. I mean, it it is, we're getting into the parts of the brain that we are qualified to get into, which is zero. And (laughs) imagine... If we were qualified to get into all of the brain. Oh, Lordy. Like, how many episodes that would be? Right? No kidding, right? I mean, we're doing we're doing four, which the math doesn't add up on that. No. Four times zero does not equal four, but here it we are. It does not. We're going we're gonna to keep going. So trauma will shut down access to the episodic memory. Um, it's the disruption of memory can lead to flashbacks. So, in other words, they, they're not, no longer in the moment. Mm-hmm. They flash back to where they were, um, basically bringing the past to the present. That's what your episodic memory is. So bringing uh, past to the present. Um, the, if the hippocampus actually shuts down um, chronically, like if it is constant in a shutdown mode, it will shrink. You don't get that back. Mm, that makes sense. Right? Yeah. Um, and then your nervous system can't really differentiate between a flashback and the original trauma. So the flashback can feel like it's in that moment. 
Like you're there all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So again, so we know trauma and memory are, are huge because we talk about repressed memories and, and those things, but also those triggers that create the relaunch of the memory. Mm-hmm. Right? Flashbacks are huge. Yeah. I mean. Right. Yeah. So, and we've all experienced, all, I think all persons that have experienced trauma and you and I both experienced trauma, there are little things. Sometimes it's so minute that creates that memory. Mm-hmm. And I know I did a lot in the beginning of our relationship. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I've had trauma of relationships. And um, and so even though you never gave me a reason, it was just little things that would like trip it. Right. And the past became the present. So thanks for hanging in there. Yeah. Appreciate that. No problem. Happy anniversary. Tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Our, uh, we're not, well, we're recording. It's tomorrow. <laughs> By the time they listen to this, your birthday will be happening. Oh, yeah. That's true. All right. So we got uh, our anniversary, my birthday, and then your birthday within a week. Mm-hmm. So they will probably get this a day before your birthday. Hmm. Hey, happy so birthday. So happy birthday to you. Old uh, lady. Huh? Old lady? The old lady. Did you really say old lady? To me. Oh, my God. You're going to be 36. Oh. I just had trauma. Y'all, by the time you hear this, I'm going to be 48. Listen, though. That's, I mean. You have said this. Really? You have said this so many times over the years. My body's 48. That I am so much older than you Oh, my God. Your soul, you're like, you're turning 84. But again. And Gray's like 76 with his canning and stuff. But But again, like trauma. (laughs) Trauma will age a person as it Trauma will age a person. As it turns out, it yeah. affects your cortisol, yes. which affects your cholesterol. Like, oh, my so cholesterol's up. I'm 35, and my cholesterol's high. Like, yeah. what? Well, I'm not gonna. What? I'm not gonna mention your diet. So we're gonna go on. <laughs> my diet's just to what habits are, because habits are <laughs> part of trauma. Oh, there it is. There, there's where you mention it. There you go. Habits, right? When you repeat things, and this is why why when we try to train, we try not to train you. I don't want to teach you training techniques. I want to create good habits in mm-hmm. you. That's that's what dog speak is about. We're not teaching you training techniques. We're trying to create good habits within you mm-hmm. as the human, which is why we say we're human trainers, to help the dog. So habits, when you repeat things, particularly in predictable patterns, it becomes a procedural memory. Right? Driving is a great example of what I'm talking about. Of why you can black out while you're driving. Bingo. Like you don't remember <laughs> passing. How did I get here? Exactly. <laughs> because it's become procedural memory. And a lot of our dogs with reactivity have this. Oh, okay. Right? That makes sense. Now it's starting to connect a little yeah, bit yeah. more, right? Where you're starting okay. to see some of this. Um, these are hard to break. They're often resistant to extinction, which is really getting rid of the behavior of saying... This behavior never doesn't work anymore, so we're going to extinguish it. Mm. it. They're very difficult because they're habits. It's like trying to think about if somebody tried to teach you how to not know how to drive. How hard would that be? Well, the, yeah. When people talk about like riding a bike. I mean, in their defense, it's been so long well, since some I've people, ridden a bike. Some people I didn't ride bikes anymore. a lot. I rode bikes a lot growing up, so I will never forget But how. also as an adult. You have continued. Absolutely. But I think even if I, even if I haven't, I think I would not have a problem because I rode so much growing up in my developmental stages mm. 
that riding was very natural for me. Yeah. Of course, I remember when I couldn't ride, mm-hmm. which is funny. When we were living in an apartment mm-hmm. complex, and I would, I would actually push my brother's bike around the parking lot because I didn't know how to ride it. Aww. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so this is something that if you have a dog practicing a behavior over and over and over again, so every time your dog sees a dog, they bark, and you keep putting them in the situation, we're going to have a hard time extinguishing right. that. Right. And that's why, um, like, I have a client who lives in an apartment complex, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of dogs in this apartment complex, and they live downtown, so it's very busy. This dog is reactive to other dogs. Well, I can only make so much headway because this dog is continuing to practice this every single day. I mean, normal potty breaks, this dog can run into other dogs. If even, even if the dog doesn't run into other dogs, it knows there's a possibility to run into other dogs because it lives in an apartment it's complex. Alert. It's always on alert. This is a behavior that happens so much that the the improvements are going to be very small, very slow, and possibly not to the point where you want it to be based on the environment you're in. Mm-hmm. This dog's made absolute huge improvements. The owner has done a phenomenal job. They know who they are if they're listening. Mm-hmm. She knows who she is if they're listening. But because of the environment the dog lives in, there's there's really there's a ceiling to what we can do, mm-hmm. right? Because of that, you have thought you had something. I thought, I felt like you had something to say on that habits part. Um, I did not. That's all right. All right. <laughs> so trauma, trauma can create new procedural memories. Okay. They can keep individuals repeating that reaction, mm-hmm. right? So as we were talking about that kind of that barking thing. Um, and so what we want to try to do and something we'll talk in part three or part four, I'm not sure. I'm not, honestly, I'm not sure at this point if it's going to be just three or, or if it's going to be four, but, um, is we're going to talk about pattern games, which is an episode we put out a few weeks ago Yeah, about pattern games. So pattern games is going to be actually a huge part of what we'll do to help with dogs with trauma. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that way, if you guys have not listened to the pattern episode, then you can go back and, and listen to that. All right. Now. We are at 48 minutes and we're just getting into a little bit more nuts and bolts here. But I think that we're going to get all of this covered in in this episode. We're going to breathe. You ready? Oh, you're just like, you can't, they can't hear you shaking or nodding your head. So you actually have to talk. Okay. I don't know where we're going because I, as I was reading the notes, I apparently missed a page. Did you miss a page? I don't know where we're at. I'm sorry. All right. We're still in the system. We're still in the brain. Okay. So we're still in the brain. So we're good. But we actually, we're going to talk about some of the things you've already brought up. Okay. So yeah, I think you're, you're more ahead than you think. All right. So let's get into the levels of the system. So I've been taking this class uh, by Danielle Beck and she is, I believe in England, but she has done just, she's just explained it so well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been studying kind of trauma and things of, of that for years and years, but man, she just does a really good job of explaining it. Um, she calls the level of system, she kind of calls it the meerkats. You were talking like prairie dogs. I'm just going to call <laughs> the levels of system and we're just going to talk about actually the different states of the system. So when you're dealing with, um, basic kind of brain we're just talking kind of basic brain when the brain is calm right there's no trauma history the dog can cope during stress 
They have resilience and recover quickly. I'm thinking of my dog, Tiba. Mm -hmm. She was perfect like this. She can complete the stress cycle. In other words, she gets stressed. She can, uh, you know, deal with it and then decompress. Mm -hmm. Um, And they have strong attachments. To me, when I see calm in the system, that is my Tiba. That was everything that I would ever want with a dog. Then you have a dog that has their system is kind of on alert. Okay, now these dogs, they can struggle with their arousal levels. Um, it could be because they're adolescent. Uh, it could be because they're high prey drive, mm-hmm. right? Uh, they can have subtle underlying medical issues, right? So that pain kind of keeps you on that alert. Um, you know, it's, it's, I saw a video the other day, actually, and um, there were several videos of this dog that looked like there was resource guarding of the couch. Mm-hmm. The more I watched it, though, I was like, especially after I saw the dog get off the couch and move and the way he walked, I was like, that dog's not resource guarding the couch. That dog is protecting himself because the dog's in pain. And he doesn't want anybody getting close. Yeah. So it's like when you start to really look at all those little details, it can look like something at first. But if you really start to connect all the dots, it's not what it appears to be. Right? So in that situation there, we wouldn't want to train or or work with that dog based on resource guarding we'd want to deal with the pain Mm -hmm. and if you deal with the pain you deal with the resource guarding what's in their mind right resource guarding Mm -hmm. um they can have now these dogs that are alert can have have a uh, single event of trauma right so trauma could have happened at some point in their life maybe it was once maybe it was twice but they can cope most of the time right they're they're pretty stable most of the time i feel like i'm kind of that I feel like that I'm a person that's kind of, I'm not calm because I've had trauma, that I'm kind of on alert sometimes, right? But I'm building resilience. Um, and so these dogs are building resilience. Um, and they can have strong attachments, right? So that being alert doesn't change that attachment where other states will. Mm-hmm. You've got, you. I saw you making some notes. You're just kind of thinking about some things over there. Yeah, yeah, for like future All episodes. Right. I love that. Yeah, I love that. Not for this. Cool. Say, I love that. I'm because on. it's some of the newer things that you're hearing. Yeah. As yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. So if your dog's system is active, right, that's where we're getting our hypervigilance. Or on the other side of that, it could be shut down. So a lot of people think, well, I'm not, you know, my dog's not bouncing off the wall. My dog's just relaxed. Is your dog relaxed or is it really shut down and just existing? Like, when I see dogs, when I hear puppies, when people tell me that this puppy doesn't do anything wrong, I immediately, I'm immediately concerned that there's trauma in the past, that there's an underlying issue, because for a dog to not do anything wrong as a puppy, then I'm thinking, they're just existing. Was there trauma based on where they came from rescue? What happened before rescue? A lot of people think, oh, I just, my dog doesn't do anything wrong. And that's why I tell a lot of people, when we're working on this, we want your dog to do some things that you don't, that may look bad in your eyes that the dog's never done before, because that means that we're improving the dog's capability of life and living. But that doesn't necessarily mean like if someone has a late, a truly laid back dog. Oh no, that they've had trauma. No, they're going to be other signs. I'm thinking of someone I talked to on the phone. Oh recently yeah, no, they're going to be other signs to it. This this lab is like super chill and how old is this lab? Five months old and it's super chill and 
<laughs> well, we'll have to see once we get in there. It's, is the dog super chilled or is the dog dealing with trauma um, that we don't know? Well, from anecdotal evidence that I've I've heard, it's just a chill dog. It's just a chill lab. And that's possible. Absolutely. You know, it's it's what people want in a lab. You don't get allowed to have a chilled dog. I don't know who, what book you guys are reading. I don't know who Don't made get that allowed up. to get a chilled dog. I don't know, but. Um, I mean, let's be real. It is. Oh Apparently, my. it's a very, it's a very, like, yeah, it's, chill. Okay, it, well, well. Doesn't mean it's not doing puppy things. It just, just means it's, like, not it's, over the top. It's normal. I think people think when they get, like, a lab, it's gonna, like eat your house down well it might and it's not doing that and they're like concerned that it's not eating their house oh yeah (laughs) and i was like no 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 that's cool it's yeah no i'm looking at i'm looking at so many things just to see because i'm like your dog is being too good there's something there because if you if you have it's not necessary i mean that's what i'm trying to say right like there's a difference between like hey I'm just chilling. I don't. No, absolutely. I'm right. Not, I mean, then, if you have a dog that's coming, that's chill, but comes over for petting and love, and it's right, playing, and it's playing with you, then you're and good. It's but these are dogs chewing that, on things you don't want it right. to chew on. When these it's a are puppy. dogs that like just sit in the corner and don't. They don't look for affection. They don't come and and try to initiate interaction. Right. That can that didn't you call those dogs indifferent what it, what was i the... did i called them when i put together my your kind of personality traits yeah. um that was one that i put as indifferent and indifferent is that they they just have no use for interaction they're not lack of social ability they're not um they're not aggressive they're not fearful they just really have no care and this isn't a pretty abnormal space state for a social creature such as a dog to which be in. you you said i mean what was it oh my god 12 years ago when i first took your yeah communication. i mean I, I had that like 15 18 years ago or so something. even then you said that was abnormal yes for a dog to be indifferent indifferent that's indifferent yeah indifferent indifferent for a dog to be indifferent which is why i'm so excited that now all this information is so, coming out so would you think would could you say now that an indifferent dog is one either feral or two has trauma. Can you fit? Because I think in the beginning you said, "Well, this dog may be feral or whatever. Like its background is not with humans." No, I think that if it, you have a feral, would you put trauma in there now? I put or? trauma in there. I wouldn't. And that's what I mean by abnormal. And maybe the trauma word wasn't there, but for me. A feral dog is not necessarily what I put as indifferent because the feral dog, when I put these personality traits together, it was the specific kind of socialization or interaction with other dogs and humans. Mm -hmm. Where your feral dogs, they don't interact with humans and it's hard to really truly see. And we're talking feral dogs, street dogs. It's hard to truly see what that, kind of interaction is between them and other dogs within their social system. Mm -hmm. So I still think that, yes, indifference abnormal. And now we can know that one of the reasons you have the indifference is because of trauma. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So see, I was way ahead of the game. I'm just so glad other people started jumping in. 
in thinking about these things because I knew it was more than what we were just seeing. Well, I mean, as we're putting like genetics in there, for instance, like certain breeds might be seen as indifferent. Does that necessarily mean they've had trauma? I mean, I'm thinking of like guardian breeds who are sort of like. But they're not indifferent for what environment they're in or what their genetics say. That's why I said that a chow, Mm -hmm. chow chows are very one owner. They're aloof. They're aloof. That is very different than being indifferent. Okay. So apathetic is different than being aloof. Yes. Okay. All right. And so you're getting that trauma, right? Just like you can get people that are introverts and that are pretty deep introverts. Right. Doesn't make them shut down, shut down or trauma based. It's just that's who they are. Or they just, yeah. But they can that's, still that's function their commu- in a way. That's communication preference. Yeah. But th- they can still function in a way that is successful for life without okay. exceeding kind of the levels or raising the bar of your baseline of They're your brain. They're not dissociating necessarily. Like an introvert. Um, yeah. An introvert, which now science is saying there it's really just one thing like we're all we're communicative where i think like the pandemic has sort of like brought this on about yeah. how um i'm gonna quote unquote pack animals humans are we're social like creatures we, we are social creatures and so i think there are these studies that are coming out about our extroverts and introverts like is that really a thing and to what degree do people need to go re-energize themselves? Like, where do you get your energy and that sort of thing? So, I think that, to me, it seems as a different level of sociability. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you need on a level, mm-hmm. on a scale of sociability? Mm-hmm. I need more than you do. But I also need a certain kind. Mm-hmm. I don't consider myself a full extrovert anymore. Because I need, I need my, my quiet time. I need my private time. So I feel like my sociability, I've gone down on my scale. I don't need as much as I used to. I still don't consider myself an introvert. Which I think that's why a lot of people are like, I'm, I'm an extroverted introvert. Or whatever. That's what's funny about this. So what I've learned with my new job is if I have an agenda... And I know what my interaction, like what the expected interaction is. I'm on point. It's how many spoons you have and how much it you is. put in each spoon. So I know what the expectation is as far as interaction is. And you are learning that for you, it's about quality, not quantity. Oh, absolutely. Whereas before, you were like, I'm an extrovert. I need quantity. I need all the things. Fuck the quality. I just need quantity. And now you're learning. And and so this is what's coming out after the pandemic, mm-hmm. right? People are like, oh, actually. I'm not it, as needy as I thought it as was. As it turns out, introverts just need to be told what to expect. Like they don't need some like curveball at them, like at a party. Like I just need to know how much. How much energy I, how do much I need? How much money do I need to get out of the ATM for tonight's adventure? <laughs> and, and a- AKA money being energy. emotions and energy. energy. 
That's the thing. That's what everybody. Yeah. That's what everybody needs. Do you have enough in your energy bank account bank to withdraw to go out yep. with me tonight? Exactly. Here's what we're and doing. We need to think about that with our dogs. And that's why exactly. I tell people that, look, exactly. when you have a dog that you're trying to deal with reactivity yep. and you want to take this dog somewhere to work on re- its reactivity. Well, the problem is that once you get them in the car, unless they cannot see out those windows, you've already started on the reactivity. You've already started using mm-hmm. what they've withdrawn, right? If they've only taken out $100 for this trip, your drive may take up to 25 or $30, right? Your Uber may be 25 or $30. So the time you get somewhere, you only have $70 mm-hmm. left, right? And so this is where we, we've got to be very careful. Every dog is going to have a different amount of money in that account. Mm-hmm. And each thing that you do is going to take out a different amount for each dog, right? So Myers going downtown Dixon will only take probably 15 or $20, right? Where Isabella, it would take about 50 to $60 from her because she doesn't handle that much because of her breed and genetics. She doesn't do as well with that. Actually... Well, I mean, when she's going to the groomer, yes. No, no, no. But if no. we went to a, if we took her to a craft fair, if we went to a downtown Franklin fair, she would absolutely poop out way before Myers would, because it takes a lot more for her. Probably. Just like you would poop out before I would. Right, but but that's the thing. I would know when to remove her oh absolutely but it's still taking it's still taking money away it doesn't yeah so so for instance yesterday i planned like a little hike for us it it, oh we had torrential downpour storms here so i was like we have to go somewhere paved she's gonna get muddy she got muddy anyway she went into a storm drain it was like Two and a half feet of water. She likes to. She, she likes went to swim. swimming in it anyway. I she was likes like, to swim. I'm gonna let you. I don't care. So the so our whole trip was gonna be walk. I'm gonna go to the pharmacy slash grocery store because she can stay in the car by herself. She's in her harness. She's in, it's not hot. She's fine. Uh, <laughs> like I'm gonna get one of those signs that you put on the window. Like she's fine. I'll be back in a minute. Air conditioning air is on. on. We're like, good. Fine. Windows down. Whatever. It was less than 70 degrees like she was fine um so i planned it out so that and then we went to home depot which is her favorite place but i was like she needs to decompress between like all these things you have to know that yep so like because she only has a hundred bucks right right so if if the walk if the drive takes 20 right the walk takes 50 Mm -hmm. you have 30 dollars left that means that the decompression isn't adding money. It's just allowing you to still use what's left. Right. Which for her, the drive can, mm-hmm. depending on where it is, because if we're not going to grandma's house or to the groomer, it can take up like energy from her. Yes. And so I have to be aware of that. Yes. And so I planned out, I mapped it, which is why it took me so long to get home yesterday. Because I mapped it out so that she got enough, like, rest time in between. I didn't want her to go from, like, a walk to Home Depot mm-hmm. 
Like, okay, she's worn out. Let's go to Home Depot because she's worn out. Because, no, that can cause reactivity because she's, like, irritable and she's tired and she's stressed. Like, Well, I think that we need to give do her the same time. thing that a lot of mothers and fathers do, that they know their kid's schedule. They yes. know what's going to take them. And yeah, they plan absolutely. things around their toddler-infant schedule. Right? It's like, so when, like, Julie and I go to record, mm-hmm. we're looking at Jackson's schedule. Mm-hmm. To see if we're able to fit that in because he only has so much and then he's got certain things that he can handle. So it's important that we really look at our dog and every dog is going to have kind of a different amount that they can allot for these adventures. And Mm -hmm. we need to be aware of that. We need to make notes of that um, and make sure that we're being respectful and aware of what they need Mm -hmm. uh, because they can't tell us. We have to be able to to kind of be on top of that. Mm -hmm. Um, when we were talking about like the active, right. And you had this hypervigilance or shutdown, um, the chronic stress, um, any chronic stress. So I think about these dogs that live in a home with something that's stressful to them. Um, they can't get away mm. and that trauma keeps them in an active state, which means they're constantly being triggered. Yeah. And this is where my heart starts to break. They struggle to think they struggle to problem solve. They oftentimes don't play. They don't play very well. They don't Mm -hmm. play very much. Um, They have a really hard time recalling from their memory, which means that they have a hard time responding to cues that they've they've known in the past. Mm -hmm. They can be touch sensitive. Mm -hmm. Dogs that don't like to be petted a lot or touched a lot, that can be, um, uh, you know, a sign Mm -hmm. that they're uh, way too, their system's way too active. they can have over-the-top responses. Hello, Myers. <laughs> right? And it's not always in context. I thought you were going to say, hello, Brittany. <laughs> no. So, like, you know, it's one thing, like, when Myers explodes because two dogs and a person walks by. But when he explodes and I look outside and there's nothing there it's or a like, bag just went across just the yard, <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Right? That's where he's in that active state, and that's where I'm like, you need to, you need to get him nap nap um these dogs can be very insecure um and a lot of them don't have secure attachments or at least they have sporadic secure attachments yeah right so they're like "Mm, i gotta check to see if my attachment's in the right mindset for me to be attached to yeah yeah right because they're looking at you myers i really believe is in that place because especially okay during softball season i'm a little emotional i get excited And he struggles. And I think I'm going to have to start coming up with a plan that if I'm watching softball here, he may have to be in his crate. He may have to be outside without me. Um, I'm not sure if he can handle being in the room with me um, because I am a little, I'm sporadic in my emotions, right? So that can kind of be a little bit uncertain for him. And that's, again, that's kind of based on that trauma that I don't know what he's had. Um, So again, it's just something I've got to be aware of though, because... Um, it's my responsibility. It's my responsibility to take care of him and be aware of my behavior and, and see what I can do to help him in those moments. But um, I still have a few things left on my notes, but we're going to wrap ahead. it right there. No, what? No, I You're think done? this one, actually, this next thing we're going to start talking about, freeze, fight, fawn. We're going to start, um, we'll get into a li- just a little bit more brain stuff the next time in three. Okay. But then we will okay. start talking about 
how do we help our dogs get through this? How do we help our dogs overcome trauma? And I think that there's so much yeah. information on that. That might be a two-parter. I might be able to fit in one. We'll see. Uh, I feel like that'll also be a two-parter. It might be. Honestly. It like, might be. If that's the case, we'll have four episodes we'll have here. Four episodes here Sorry, but, y'all. You know, um, but we will get into that a <laughs> little bit more. We're not doing this on purpose. We just. There's just a lot to it, right? And, and, and there's We do a, research, but then we get like reflective and <laughs> well, that's what you have to do i mean right i, I we, we have to do that about like and and get your real take on it and yeah. i just think that I, I just really want people to understand that what your dog is going through is not something they've chosen and they don't always choose their behavior they don't always choose their response they don't always choose their reaction their brain takes over and it hijacks everything it, it hijacks everything that should be normal and we really got to be more respectful mm-hmm. and more empathetic. And we need to do everything that we can to help these dogs, um, especially the more and more dogs that are being rescued and adopted out of shelters and independent rescues and dogs out of hoarding situations. There's trauma. I mean, you can almost guarantee there is some type of trauma. We need to be prepared to work with that um, and to understand what we're getting into and be prepared to help them. But the, the good news is that we can help them. Wow. There are things that we can do to help. Um, and there are, there are things that we can do to teach them and help them cope. And, um, you know, obviously gut health and nutrition, um, pharmaceuticals if we need it, you know, homeopathy. There's, there's a lot of things that we can do. So, but we have to understand what we're getting into first instead of just knowing here's the, the, you know here's the behavior that's getting on my nerves and i just want to know how to fix it i just want to fix like i don't give a shit why it's happening i don't give a shit how they're feeling i just need to fix it because it's inconvenient for me and let's be real we've all kind of been there and i used to be there right i used to be like we get there sometimes with barking absolutely because i mean we're human beings it drives you crazy you're in a meeting and suddenly like your dog is losing his shit and you're like i I, have to get this meeting and i hate that type of barking I don't mind barking. I hate that type of barking where it's an explosion and there's no breathing. It absolutely gets under my skin. Um, But now I really have to really breathe and think about, okay, it's irritating to me, but what his brain and his body's going through right now is much worse than how it's affecting me. So I'm going to go get him and hold him and help him feel better. And what I've learned... um, from working from home for a non-dog company is they don't care because their dogs are also doing it Mm -hmm. and they just want to know how to fix it yeah and they they're like i'm so everybody's so apologetic they're like i'm so sorry my dog like is losing its shit at the fedex person right now and i'm like it's fine. Like, my dog is losing it at air right now. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm gonna, Myers is losing it at air. I'm going to step away for a second. And everybody, if I, if I can say anything positive about the pandemic, <laughs> which is very fucking little. Right. Um, I feel like remotely, as we're all over Zoom, people have been more... Relaxed. They're like, okay, no, 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 it's fine. This like, is life. Go you have a dog. Like... Oh, you have to go to the bathroom. Okay. When my coworkers' kids pop in and they're like, hey, and they're like, oh my God, my kid. And we're like, no, let let your kids come in. We want to see them. Ice cream. (laughs) No, when they've got like their, um, their zoom filters on 
And then oh, the kid, hilarious. the kid, like, it's like a ghostly face pops in, like the frame. Do and you I'm, ever do that where I come in to, like, say bye? And then my little face is in No, yours? I turn the video off. I'm not the kid. I'm just like. No, I just turn video off because, and I mute it because we're having a conversation. Like, that would be disruptive. It totally would be. <laughs> and everybody knows. They're like, Nikki's there. Okay. Because they know we share an office. Yeah. I mean, it's not weird. Like, when you set the expectation, it's not weird. So, when my friends are like, hey, here's my kid. We're like, yay. Let's see the children. We yay. love that. They're cute. Where's your dog? So, when my coworkers beagle starts howling at amazon she's like jesus christ oh my god i'm so sorry i'm like no that's amazing you go girl you get them you get them it's your job <laughs> she's like you're not helping brit you're not helping i thought you were supposed to like <laughs> you it's a Nikki, beagle it's supposed to bark you to make this. you come it barks until you, you come you told her this y'all beagles <laughs> Told her Beagles this. were bred to bark until their hunter, their human, came to kill the animal they treed. So they're going to bark until you go and see what they treed. Please don't kill your Amazon driver. That would be yeah. Don't no. I mean, stupid. don't do that. But we're not advocating but You need that. to go in there and be like, "Thank you. You are such a good dog. Thanks, good boy. Good job, good girl. Good job. All right, let's go get a treat for that. Great job." <laughs> no, no, she's like embarrassed. She's like, "Yeah, well, I know your wife would be disappointed." I was like, "No, she's doing what she's supposed to do. It's fine." <laughs> Now, obviously, we want to be able it's to control it when we need to, but it's that means we need to understand what we need to do to help the situation. No, she's good. Right? She's fine. She's so not disruptive at all. No, not at all. That's all right. Well, that's uh, that's what we got for part two, trauma part two right here. Um, that's I'm, I was kind of thinking that I really hope that I had another dad joke for you, but right now I'm coming up blank, so um, I guess we will just have like to... Like most dads wish they were. Oh. Wow. I hope you guys have a good rest of the week.